want to talk a little bit this evening from Ephesians chapter 4 about the subject of walking worthy. I was looking on some different websites at some of the most interesting vocations there are that you can be involved in. And found a couple different varying opinions on that, but several of the websites that had lists of interesting vocations happened to be universities or colleges that were advertising the programs of studies that they offer. Kind of seems like a little bit of conflict of interest, I guess, but one of the lists that I found had the number one most interesting vocation that you can be involved in is a spy. You could become a spy. The second one was that you could become an architect. I think we have some architects in the church. You know, there you go. Number two most interesting occupation. Number three was a journalist. Number four was a meteorologist. I don't know. It's kind of like pathological liar. (laughs) Inventor of strange tales. Number five was a pilot. Number six was a forensic pathologist. Number seven was a barrister. Number eight was a traitor. Not as in, like, against your country, but like someone who trades stocks and securities, that kind of stuff. Uh, Number nine was an art restorer. And number ten was a, and I don't even know how you say this, a volcanologist? Volcanoologist? You choose. But that was the number 10 most interesting vocation. This evening, what kind of vocation do you have? Obviously, you know, we have a lot of different vocations, a lot of different trades, a lot of different jobs that are represented in the membership of Lehigh Valley Baptist Church. But this evening, we want to look at the text here in Ephesians chapter number 4 and see what the Apostle Paul has to say and recognize that no matter what your vocation might be, no matter what your day job might be, if you're a member of Lehigh Valley Baptist Church, if you're a member of another church, if you are a born-again Christian, you have a vocation that supersedes a vocation, a calling that is higher than that which pays your bills. Ephesians chapter number 4 this evening The Apostle Paul speaking here says in verse number 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the good time that we've had in your house already. And thank you for the the chance that we had to speak with the Carr family and hear of those that you're at work in their lives. And Father, that's a, a blessing. It's a blessing to be a part of that. And Father, I pray now that as we open your word, as we look at what the Apostle Paul had to say to the church in Ephesus, that Father, you'd speak to our hearts from your word even tonight. You'd help each one of us uh, to key in on a truth or a thing that you would have us to do in response to your word tonight. Father, we pray that you'd help us as we do this, as we look into your word, to magnify and honor and glorify your name tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The subject of the church is one that's been on my mind a lot lately, thinking about, you know, what is the purpose of a church? What is a church 
supposed to be doing. And Ephesians chapter number 4, and really chapter 5, chapter 6, the whole book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul has a lot to say about the church. And this was one of the passages that's been running through my mind lately. And so when I had the opportunity to preach, this was one of the first things that popped into my mind. Um, You know, what is our purpose as a church? What are we supposed to be doing as a group? What are we supposed to be doing as individuals? And of course, you know, this is one of my last services as part of Lehigh Valley Baptist Church. That's kind of weird because I've been here for 33 years now. And I've been a member of this church for about 18 years. So I've been here a while. But, you know, thinking about what is our purpose, what are we to be doing, you know, it's easy to just fall into the rut of coming to church on Sunday, on Wednesday, and to lose the point, to lose the purpose, to lose the focus of saying, you know, what am I to be doing as a member of Lehigh Valley Baptist Church? And the Apostle Paul really speaks to that this evening in the book of Ephesians here. And so the first thing that we want to notice is the, the person of Paul, Paul's person. He comes there in verse number 1 of chapter 4, and he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. It's interesting there, he says, I therefore, and of course, those of you who've been here for any length of time, my dad always used to say, you know, when you see the word therefore, You always have to examine, what is it there for? So if we look up in chapter number 3 and we look at what the Apostle Paul has just been speaking about, in chapter number 3, the Apostle Paul has been speaking about the fact that he's, he's writing this letter to the church at Ephesus. And the church at Ephesus is a unique church. It's a church of mostly Gentiles. And, of course, the Apostle Paul was a Jewish man. He was a follower of Jesus from the time, well, not of Jesus, he was a follower of the the law, the books of the Bible, not the gospel, but he was a follower of the law from the time that he was a little boy. That was part of his heritage, his national heritage. And so he's writing to people who are different than him. He's writing to people who grew up not following the law, but rather following after whatever religion or culture they were raised in. And so at the end, toward the end of chapter number 3, in verse 14, he says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And it's interesting, after making all you know this prayer that he's making, who he's praying it for, we get to verse number 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. And I kind of get the picture of the Apostle Paul as a Jewish man looking at these Gentile believers and thinking, wow, God, you're going to have to do a work in their hearts. There is so much that they have to overcome, so much that they have to get past 
Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So the Apostle Paul is praying, and he's praying that these believers would come to know Christ, that they would experience the power of Christ changing their lives, that that would go beyond what Paul even thought was possible because of who Christ is. Ultimately, verse number 21, for the purpose that God would receive glory in the church. Paul's prayer was that the church at Ephesus would bring glory to God throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Then we get to verse number 1 of chapter 4. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. So Paul is writing to these, and you can look in Acts 19 later if you want to. We won't do it for time. But in Acts chapter 19 is the account of the Apostle Paul coming to the church at Ephesus, or coming to Ephesus and planting the church there. And, you know, there's a whole lot of things that happen in there from Paul getting run out of town uh, by the coppersmith and those that worship the goddess Diana. And there were those that had come to Christ, and I believe it's in verses 18 through 20, you know, they, they were those that followed after Satan. They practiced witchcraft, and their lives were so changed that they brought all of their things and they burned them, and they added up the sum of it later, and they found it to be like 50,000 pieces of silver. I mean, that's a lot of money, right? But we, we see the work that was done in the church of Ephesus. And so the Apostle Paul is writing, therefore, he's beseeching them, Because his desire is that the church at Ephesus would bring glory to Jesus Christ. So he says, I therefore, but notice how the the Apostle Paul presents himself to these people. He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. Before making his plea, before talking to them about what he's desiring from them, the Apostle Paul reminds them of who he is and how he is coming to them. He's not coming to them as Paul the Apostle or Paul the most important one, Paul the one that they should follow, but rather he comes to them as the prisoner of the Lord. He comes to them as a humble servant of God. You know, I find it interesting, Paul's recognition of who he is, a prisoner of the Lord, is a recognition that he's not the mere prisoner of Caesar. Of course, he was writing this this epistle, this letter to the Ephesians from jail. He was a prisoner, and he was a prisoner of Caesar. But he recognizes that he's not just a prisoner of Caesar, but rather that the Lord is sovereign. That he is there, he is a prisoner because God has allowed it to be in his life. Of course, the Apostle Paul was the one who traveled the world preaching the gospel And I'm sure in some ways, he probably felt like, why am I chained here in this house? Why am I limited like this? I want to go. I want to preach the gospel. But rather, though he may have felt that way, he was still submitted to where God had him. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. So we see Paul's person. Second of all this evening, let's look at Paul's plea. Paul's plea. 
He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Beseech you. Paul is begging. He's pleading strongly with the members of the church in Ephesus. He's beseeching them that they would walk worthy. Of course, that word walk, the idea of taking steps, moderately repeated. Pastor Gable was talking about this on Sunday night. The idea of walking, it's a, it's a simple, it's a basic thing. It's not flashy. It's just taking one step after the next, after the next, after the next. So the Apostle Paul beseeches them that they would walk worthy. Walk worthy. That's the idea of walking in a manner that is befitting of the title, befitting of who you are, befitting of your position, walking worthy. And so he calls their attention. He says that we are to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. The calling, the life's work wherewith we are called. And so we have to ask, you know, what is the vocation? What is the calling that would have been upon these people, these brethren in the church at Ephesus, and thereby, by extension, the calling, the vocation that is upon you and I if we are members of Lehigh Valley Baptist Church that we must be walking worthy of? You see, the, the folks in the church at Ephesus, they would have had jobs just like you and I. I don't know what jobs they worked. Maybe they had somebody who was a baker, and they baked breads and pastries and things like that, whatever the folks in Ephesus ate. And maybe they had somebody who was a dog catcher or, I don't know, whatever pets they had that were all the rage during that time. Maybe they had cats. Okay? But these people, they had lives, right? They had jobs. They had vocations. But that's not what the Apostle Paul is speaking about. He's not saying, you know, walk worthy of being a dog catcher. Although if you're a dog catcher, you should, you know, you should be diligent. But that's not what the Apostle Paul is speaking about here. He was saying, you know, they may have had other vocations and callings in their former lives. Think about this, right? These were folks who worshipped false gods. Many of them were folks that had been kind of like priests or high up in that religion. Why? Well, because they had things that they used to practice that worship that came to a sum total of 50,000 pieces of silver, right? These were folks who were serious about their former religions. But the Apostle Paul says, you know, that's in your past, but now you need to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. There was now a great call that was placed upon them, a call to serve the King of Kings. If you turn to Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse number 6. He's speaking about those that are saved and the purpose, the reason why Christ has saved us. Verse number 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. 
The purpose is that we would be to the praise of the glory of his grace. If you go down in just a couple verses to verse number 12, he says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted Christ. What is our purpose? It is to be to the praise of his glory. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 7. Why has he saved us? Why has he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Verse number 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So the purpose, the reason why he has saved us is in the ages to come that we would be an example that would show the exceeding riches of his grace toward us. That's our purpose. Verse number 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. If you're saved tonight, your purpose, the thing that God has preordained you for, is to walk in good works. If you're saved, that means that your life purpose, God's goal for you, is that you would walk in good works. Not in the works of the flesh, not in the works that you used to do, but you've been created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Ephesians chapter number 3 and verse number 19. To know the love of Christ, which, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Another purpose that God has for us is that we would be filled with the fullness of God. All of this, right? is our purpose in Christ. It's our vocation. It's our calling. And all of these things for the purpose that there would be glory in the church to Christ Jesus. That we would be a church that would lift up and magnify and make much of the name of Jesus Christ. That others would come to know Him. That others would look at us and they would recognize that Christ is doing a work in Lehigh Valley Baptist Church. So we are to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. But when you think about that, what it means to walk worthy. You and I, this evening, you and I, right now, we are to live in light of this vocation. You know, some of you have vocations, you have jobs in this world that require a lot of your time. You know, some of you, even though you may be off the clock, you're still on call. You have a vocation that requires you to be available at a moment's notice. You have a a vocation that is demanding in that way. And so in, in that sense, right, when you are on call, you walk worthy of your vocation. If you are on call as a doctor or a nurse, and you know that you're on call, you make preparations. Maybe you don't go away on a trip. Maybe you don't go to certain events, and you have to abstain from certain things. You have to have things prepared in your car to be able to go. You know, maybe you're a plumber or something like that that's on call. And so, you know, you've always got a toolkit, no matter what vehicle you're in, right? They're silly examples, but... Think about this. 
you and I, as Christians, we are to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. We are to be living a life that is befitting of being called the child of the king. You think of a world-class athlete, someone who, you know, maybe they're an Olympic marathon runner. I mean, that is a level that is extremely high in the marathon world. And they are not somebody who just does whatever they want to do, whatever they feel like doing, but rather they are a person who has a pattern of discipline. And that discipline is in line with, it is in order to be excellent in their field that they have chosen. They walk worthy of the vocation that they have chosen. Why? Well, because if they don't, if they don't pay attention, if they don't walk worthy of that vocation, then they're out. Then they're not going to be able to run as fast as they should. Then they're not going to be in the program that they want to be in anymore. They'll be done. And someone else will take their spot. So they walk worthy. But you and I, we've been called a child of the king. And we are to walk worthy. We may have other vocations in this life. We may have things that are of interest to us. But we should be walking worthy of the primary calling of our life. That we should be to the praise of his glory. How are you walking this evening? This past week, how how is your life gone? Have you been walking worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called? Think about this. Lehigh Valley Baptist Church will be as effective in her goal of being to the praise of God's glory, will be as effective in that goal as you are in walking worthy of your vocation. So me, as a member of Lehigh Valley Baptist Church, though not for much longer, right? Lehigh Valley Baptist Church goes as I do. So if I look around Lehigh Valley Baptist Church and I say, wow, you know, there's growth that needs to happen. I'd like to see more done for Christ. Well, you know, it's really easy to to look around at everybody else and say, oh, well, you know, they need to do that, and they need to do that, and they need to get that right. I saw that, right? No, that's not what it's about. It's about me. Am I walking worthy? If I look around and I say, oh, there's more that needs to be done, well, what about me? Am I walking worthy of the vocation wherewith I am called? We are called. The Apostle Paul, he doesn't just call, he beseeches. I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. So we see Paul's person, we see Paul's plea, but let's look last of all this evening at Paul's prescription. I got it alliterated. Paul's prescription, okay? Along with walking worthy, Indeed, part of walking worthy are then some qualities that the Apostle Paul lists. Some things that should be part of my life and your life in relation to how we relate to one another in the body. 
And he gives us some very practical advice here. And, you know, really, the rest of the book of Ephesians is practical advice. But we're just, we don't have enough time to look at the rest of the book of Ephesians. So verse number two and three, Paul gives us some practical qualities to invest in our lives, to make sure that we are building, to make sure that they are present in our life. Verse number two, he says, we're to walk worthy of this vocation with all lowliness and meekness. Lowliness. Lowliness is defined as freedom from pride. Humility of mind. So when you think about yourself... Can you say that lowliness is something that defines you? Freedom from pride. In your thought life about yourself, in your thought life about others, in the way that you interact with other brethren in the church, does that define you? Freedom from pride? A humility of mind? The way that you think about others, the way that you think about yourself, Do you think of yourself as spiritually superior to other people? Or do you have a humility of mind? He then goes on with the next one, meekness, which is similar but slightly different. Meekness is humility, resignation, submission to the divine will. Without murmuring or peevishness, opposed to pride, arrogance, and refractoriousness. So we are to be meek. We are to be filled with meekness. And I really like the part of this definition, submission to the divine will. Because that's really where it's at, right? Submission to the divine will. When God shows us something, when God says something to us from his word, when he puts his finger on an area in our life and says, yeah, that one right there. Meekness is surrender to God. Pride is, eh, I don't really want to deal with that. Oh, God, God's, he couldn't possibly be talking to me about that. That's just, that's just my own imaginations, right? We try to justify it. We try to pass it off as something else. But rather, part of walking worthy is to be walking with all lowliness and meekness. Humility of mind, humility Submission to the divine will. The next thing that he talks about is that we are to be walking with long-suffering. Long-suffering is defined as bearing injuries or provocation for a long time. Patient, not easily provoked. So in our interactions with one another, we are to be long-suffering towards each other. We're to be bearing injuries and provocation for a long time. So if you're offended by a brother in this church, what does the Apostle Paul say? Well, if you're going to walk worthy of your vocation, you're going to be long-suffering about that. You're going to take that offense and you're going to bear it for a long time. How long is a long time? I don't know. It's a long time though, right? It's an attitude that says, you know what, I am willing to suffer hurt for the cause of Christ. Because it's not about me. It's about him. Long-suffering, patient, not easily provoked. 
Oh, when somebody says something or does something that you don't like or cuts across the grain or you feel like it's directed right at you, long-suffering says that. I'm not easily provoked. I will bear that. I will take that for the cause of Christ. This is part of walking worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Forbearing. Forbearing one another in love. As if long-suffering wasn't specific enough, he goes on. Forbearing means ceasing, pausing, withholding from action, exercising patience and indulgence. So how are we to treat one another in the body of Christ? With long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. When you feel like you've been long-suffering enough, The Apostle Paul says, well, now you need to be forbearing on top of that. You need to take that long-suffering and extend it by exercising patience and indulgence, withholding from action. This is how we are to treat one another, forbearing one another in love. Verse number three, he says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit In the bond of peace. Endeavoring. Endeavoring has the idea of making an effort, striving, essaying, attempting. It's making a serious effort to do what? To keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now it's interesting, he specifies here the unity of the Spirit. You see, it's not to be a unity around fleshly things or things that you and I like or want. Because it's easy to take a church and make it into a social club. And hey, you know, I like fishing. Maybe you like fishing. I like hunting. Maybe you like hunting. We like these things. Maybe we're all of mostly this political persuasion or this kind of stuff. And we can begin to unite around fleshly things, around the things of this world. But that is not what the Apostle Paul is speaking about here. He says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. You see, the unity of the Spirit is that which is unified around me and you being filled with the Spirit of God. And the only way that I can be filled with the Spirit of God, and the only way that you can be filled with the Spirit of God, is for me to be empty of myself. To set aside my flesh, my wants, my desires, my sinful nature, and to come to Christ every day, be walking with Him in His Word, spending time in prayer, and submitting myself to Him moment by moment. Moment by moment when I'm faced with decisions and challenges and temptations, taking that and giving it to Him. That's being filled with the Spirit. That's walking in the Spirit. And if I'm doing that and you're doing that, That's endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. When I'm submitted to His purposes, His will, and working in my life, then I am not quenching or resisting Him. And when you are submitted to His purposes, His will, and His working in your life, then you are not quenching or resisting Him. And when all of us are doing that as we should, then we will be in the unity of the Spirit. The unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You see, when, when we are unified in the Spirit, there's peace. 
There's not bickering. There's not fighting. There's not fleshly motives that are being run over, tempers that are flaring and offenses that are coming, but rather there is a bond of peace that comes from the Holy Spirit. And you know, Paul will spend the rest of the book of Ephesians giving very practical instructions on how we can walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called in the various relationships and interactions that we have in life. And, you know, if you know the book of Ephesians, in chapter number 5, he begins to get into marriage and what it means to walk in unity and the bond of peace between a husband and a wife. He gets into the work relationship between servants and their masters. He gets into the relationship between children and parents And the Apostle Paul has a lot of very practical instruction about what it means to walk worthy. But simply put, you know, in our interactions with one another, we're to have an attitude of humility and charity, God's kind of love towards our brothers and sisters. And without that, we cannot walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Jesus spoke about in the Gospels, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. How? If ye have love one for another. There is no place in Lehigh Valley Baptist Church. If Lehigh Valley Baptist Church is to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ, there is no place for personal motives. There is no place for offenses to reign between brothers and sisters. There is no place for people to get out of whack and say, you know what, it's all about me and me being happy. What is there place for? There's place for you and I walking worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called, allowing the Spirit to reign in our lives, walking with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Why? Well, let's, let's jump up to verse number 20, right? Because all of that sounds kind of difficult sometimes. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. It's up to me, but it's not up to me. It's not my power. It's his. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Amen. Two questions, and we're done. Are you walking worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called? Are you part of Lehigh Valley Baptist Church this evening? If you are, may I challenge you to think about that? Am I walking worthy of the vocation that God has called me to walk worthy of? Am I giving all that I should so that this church can bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ? Number two, what attitudes, sins, or resistances to God need to be set aside in order for you to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace? Attitudes of the heart, sin, 
resisting the Holy Spirit and His work in your life, oh, that'll bring disunity. That'll bring division and strife rather than peace. My prayer this evening is that as a church, Lehigh Valley Baptist Church would be to the praise of His glory. That Christ would receive all the glory that He is due, not because we're an amazing group of people, but because He is an amazing God that is able to take a broken group of people from many different backgrounds and mold them into one body that comes together in unity to serve Him and make much of His name.